Today on CityCast Boise, happy Friday! I've got KTVB's Brian Holmes and CityCast Boise's very own Blake Hunter on with me today to talk about white nationalist Kyle Chapman's plea deal, early and absentee voting, and the one-year anniversary of Zachary Snow's killing by police. Plus, we get into what's pissing us off about Boise this week, what's making us happy, and I stir the pot over Boise's lack of tasty barbecue. It's Friday, October 28th, 2022. I'm Emma Arnold, and this is CityCast Boise. Brian, I just, before we get really into it, I have to ask you, you said you were a horse racer? What? So I grew up in California and uh, on the coast, but uh, my dad introduced us to horses when I was like six. And um, so I rode, trained horses basically. And I rode, uh, and I call it racing, but that's just because it's a simple way of saying, you know, like barrel racing at the rodeo? Yeah, yeah. So I, I trained horses to do that and uh, other events as well. They called it Gymkhana, or they call it Gymkhana. And so I rode all the way through college. And and then even even in my high school, my first job was actually training racehorses for the racetrack. Oh, wow. We uh, I did the mutton busting a few times as a small child. <laughs> <laughs> and I did the grease pig chase once. What is mutton busting? <laughs> it's where you so they put like little kids on the sheep oh, at the rodeo yeah, yeah. Okay. and have them like ride until they fall off basically i did that a couple times uh i was pretty good i'm not like recently no right? <laughs> yeah, last weekend i won a children's rodeo event and i feel pretty good about that <laughs> big old buckle i'm proud <laughs> yeah all right well let's dive into the news here uh let's just get started by talking about kyle chapman and um for our listeners who haven't been following the trial kyle chapman is a far-right white nationalist leader who moved to idaho uh seeking an ethnic his words an ethnic enclave and back in november he allegedly grabbed a healthcare worker several times while being treated at saint alphonsus and he recently took a plea deal and pled guilty to felony battery against uh, this healthcare worker. And as part of that agreement, the second felony charged against him, persistent violator, was dropped. Brian, what stands out about this case to you? Uh, what stands out about this case to me is is basically that ethno state um, that he claims uh, is available in Idaho and, and should be um, promoted in Idaho. We're starting to see that a lot, especially in the northern side of, of the state. Um, but that's kind of what stands out to me. And like how how somebody like that ended up here in the first place, he from Texas to California and now here. And you're thinking, OK, what draws somebody like him here? And it's obviously kind of, I guess, the vibe that we're given off at this point in, in the state of Idaho. And unfortunately, it's not just in the north and it is it's moving down here into the southern part of the state. Yeah, it's interesting that he moved to Boise specifically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because we're seeing a lot of that up north, you know, Vincent James Fox, Dave Riley, uh, that kind of enclave up up north, um, kind of cozying up to the Kootenai County Republicans and such. Um, and, and now it's there's a faction of that here, obviously, when you go to these events and you see uh, who shows up to them, whether it's a pride event or a library board meeting, you know, these Liberty Dogs, in fact, which, which struck me, the first time I ever saw Kyle Chapman was at the Meridian Library. Oh. Um, the Meridian Library board meeting, I was hanging out, the one, the one that was packed um, with all the Liberty Dogs in attendance, and I was outside doing an interview with somebody, and he walked by. Wow. Yeah, and you mentioned 
Texas, that he came from Texas. And Blake, you were telling me before the show that he was actually on uh, probation in Texas. Can you tell us a little more about that? Yeah, he's well, he's got a pretty long uh, criminal history. Um, so he his probation for um, a crime that he committed in a bar fight in Austin in like 2017 just ended this July. Um and he was able to successfully push his trial date back for this um, battery against a healthcare worker in Idaho. He was able to get that court date pushed back past the date that his probation ended so that there wasn't any overlap. Um, and that's his own words. There's like recordings of him in the Ada County Jail on the phone talking about that and saying, we want to get that pushed back. But yeah, so in 2017, he was in a bar fight in Austin. He was there for like um, a public speaking like rally kind of thing. Um, punched someone, then hit them with like a wooden stool, um, and then was basically a fugitive for a year and eventually arrested in 2018 in, um, in Oakland. And before that, he was, um, the reason that Kyle Chapman obviously got famous is from, um, a Berkeley rally where he was hitting someone, hitting people with a billy club and had a helmet and a bunch of gear on and stuff like that. And he, uh, had five years of probation for that as well. So it's, it's been a long path here. He actually moved um, here to Idaho, to Boise specifically in 2020. Um, and that's when he was looking for that ethnic enclave. And also in 2020, it's interesting, he tried to over, like he attempted a coup of the Proud Boys um, leadership. Oh, wow. Um, it, was, it was like the day after the election, I think. Um, there was an altercation yeah, it was a big old deal, um, but he has successfully started his own paramilitary wing of the Proud Boys. So he's had a long path here, and this this uh, battery against a healthcare worker is just, yeah, just a small aspect of his uh, larger story. Gee, what a violent and kind of terrifying person. Yeah, what a it's, guy. I, it made me think of, when I read this, I made, it made me think of you, Brian, specifically, because I know you've dealt with just like a ton of far-right BS on socials. And do you ever, does this, a case like this, when you see it, does it ever kind of make you fear for your own safety, for the safety of your family? Uh, I, I don't, honestly. Um, it, it's, there's a lot of talk on social media. There's a lot of big dudes who like to talk big on social media. And when I say big dudes, I mean that uh, not, you know, really big as in physical size. I just mean they talk a lot. And I'm not too worried about that. It, it's, it hasn't really escalated beyond that. I mean, I've spoken to a couple of Liberty Dogs guys uh, and, and I've never felt threatened or anything like that. But I did, I did kind of check myself when I saw him walking out of that meeting thinking, whoa. And he stared at me for a little bit as he walked out because I had just spoken to a Liberty Dog out front of the library and I was setting up an interview to talk to somebody else. And he was just kind of eyeing me and I thought, What's this? What is he going to say? Something? What's what's going to happen? What's going to happen here? So that's probably it. Other than that, no, I I don't. I I uh, I don't worry about it too much. Yeah, that's people ask me that too because I get a lot of harassment, you know, in general, but also specifically from far right people. Um, and it's only ever happened to me once where somebody came to a show, somebody who online had been you know hassling me came to a show, and he just stood out front and then just kind of stood outside the whole time. They wouldn't let him in. He told me he was coming, and I was like, hey, if this guy shows up. Don't let him in the club. And so he just stood outside and then he tweeted he was going to wait for me in the parking lot. And I was like, all right, uh, I'll have someone walk me to my car, I guess. But yeah, it was like mostly talk, like you said. Like, I think, I mean, obviously, Kyle, Ch not in Kyle Chapman's case, but uh, even that, like, you know, I feel like the situation he's currently 
uh, in trial for, he was had pneumonia. He was in the hospital and, and right. assaulted the healthcare worker trying to help him, yeah. which is just pretty wild, just very violent behavior. Yeah. And in that case, he was like verbally assaulting a bunch of other people, too. Like there's mm-hmm. uh, the, the healthcare worker testified that like she was going up to help him, stepped out of the elevator and could immediately hear him yelling at other healthcare workers and stuff, too. It's just that she ended up being the one that he like grabbed several times and yeah and this was at the height of the the pandemic you know the hospitalizations were high and it was kind of like one of those things of you know ventilators are being used and and i think it was kind of one of those things and and i think it's at the time it was like was it COVID or was it pneumonia and i think it came out that mm. it was pneumonia well uh lucky us having him in our community <laughs> uh, maybe he'll decide yeah. Uh, Wyoming is a better fit, and that would be great for us, not for Wyoming. But uh, let's move on to early voting. Blake, what are we seeing with early voting? I know you've been following this very closely. It started Monday and absentee voting so far. What's going on with that? Yeah. So just right off the top, I want to mention that it's still not too late to request an absentee ballot. So today's Friday. This is the last day to request one. Um, if you just kind of Google how to request an absentee ballot, Boise or Idaho, it'll it'll come up. Um but so far, uh, I as of today, there's been about 57,000 absentee ballots that the state has sent out, and we're nearing the 50% rate of return. Um, so 50% of the people who have gotten absentee ballot have sent them back in, um, which is, is pretty high. We're, we're almost at 50% mark. But early voting is open through November 4th, um, 8 to 5 a.m. Uh, at uh, different city halls around the, around the county. Nice. Well, and I want to give a shout out. You did an amazing uh, voting guide in the newsletter, which people should check out if they're having any trouble figuring out where to vote or what they need to bring. That's a really helpful guide. Yeah. And Brian, you've been covering elections here for many years. Uh, What races are you paying attention to? What are you most interested in? I think that AG race is pretty interesting. Uh, That's kind of where a lot of people are focusing right now. you can get a little bit of, of interest from uh, Ammon Bundy and the governor's spot, uh, lieutenant governor, not so much. But I think the AG race is the one that's probably the most contentious right now, considering it's, you know, Raul Labrador uh, versus somebody who used to be in the Republican Party. And that's kind of drawn a lot of ire from the GOP here in Idaho. Uh, a lot of rhino talk, a lot of uh, they're not real Republicans, a lot of um, even a lot of talk of of them going against what they should be believing in and what they should stand for and not following the party. It is interesting. So that AG race, I think, is where a lot of people are kind of looking. At least I'm, I'm looking at that direction. Yeah, that is an interesting one, especially. Uh, am I right that I feel like I saw that Dorothy Moon, she came out and wrote a pretty strongly worded thing about, you know, rhinos and not real Republicans and things. And and just quickly, so people know what I'm talking about, Dorothy Moon is uh, the current chairperson of the GOP, and she ran for Secretary of State and did not win that. And if you don't know already, Tom Arkush is the Democrat running for attorney general. Um, right. Yeah, it's pretty heated. It's an interesting time in the state when you know there's so much infighting within the Republican Party itself for these uh, for these roles. It's very weird. Well, it kind of shows their colors to me. I, I see that that kind of look like you're either with us or you're against us. In, in that party, there's no room for uh, Republicans, but not that far right of Republicans, where it's, you know, the moderate, they, they seem to say, well, you can be moderate, but you still got to go with whatever we say from the top down. Uh, and this this idea that we're a big tent, uh, they, they said that, have said that, started with Tom Luna when this started a couple of years ago, and that continues. We're a big tent, we take all kinds, but as soon as you step out and say, yeah, I don't know if that's kind of where the party should be going, then 
then it's an attack on you. Are you do you think we're seeing some pushback against that though? For like maybe really truly for the first time like I feel like in the in this election cycle you're seeing real pushback from uh, like from Bedkey, from like, you know, established Republican leaders being like, no, we're we're pushing back against the far right contingent. Oh, for sure. I mean, you see these people come out almost on a weekly basis, whether it's law enforcement, you know, with uh, retired uh, sheriffs coming out and saying we're supporting our Kush uh, for this position because, you know, uh, we see this as the better path as opposed to the far right or to that extreme, I should say. Uh, it, it's it's happening regularly where there is a a contingent that says, this isn't the way we should be going and we're alienating more people than we're earning. Although then you get people like Kyle Chapman moving in and say, yep, this is where we want to go. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's been a lot of that too. And Blake, what about you? What races are you watching? Uh, yeah. So like Ryan, I'm also interested in the attorney general race just because that, uh, that list of, of people of Republicans, um, mostly former officials are that are in support of Tom Arcusher is definitely growing in opposition to Raul Labrador. But um, I'm also interested in this uh, lieutenant governor race. I think that, I mean, Bedke has a lot of support. Uh, Scott Bedke, who's uh, the longtime Speaker of the House uh, in Idaho and is running for uh, lieutenant governor, I, I'd say he has got a pretty good, uh, you know, a pretty good shot at winning just because those statewide races are often not very competitive between Republicans and Democrats. Uh, but it's interesting that he did beat out uh, Priscilla Giddings, who um, is another pretty far right politician from the northern Idaho area. Uh, the Democrat that he's running against is Terry Pickens Manweiler, um, and she's come out pretty pretty hard in saying like, th- basically she's running because things have moved f- way too far to the right, and she's really uncomfortable with it. And she's a, a Boise based attorney, so that race is also interesting. Uh, and then another race that I'm watching is the superintendent of public instruction. Um, and former state board of ed uh, Debbie Critchfield is running for that. Um, and there's a Republican named Terry Gilbert or a Democrat named Terry Gilbert who's also running. So there's just a recent debate uh, that just went up that we can link to as well between those two candidates. So, yeah, some interesting statewide races for sure. Blake, you mentioned that lieutenant governor position and compare that with the AG office. You know, the AG office normally has worked a lot in the background. You never hear about him. And then you have somebody like Raul Labrador coming in to say he wants to be more out in the open and uh, upfront about things and being very vocal and public. Whereas the lieutenant governor race in the last couple of years, the lieutenant governor position has become an open or very vocal and very public. And Scott Bedke has said, and we just kind of want to put that back in the background yeah. as well. So it's kind of like it's, you know, the the weighing of the scales. One <laughs> wants to go more public. The other one wants to return it to where it used to be. Yeah, yeah. that's that's a good point. Yeah. Bedke's like, put it back in the box. Yeah, <laughs> It's gotten a little out of control. All right, well, let's move on uh, to it is the one year anniversary of the shooting of Zachary Snow. Blake, I know you've been following this story really closely. What are the latest developments with this? Yeah, um, so today, today's Friday. Uh, a year ago, yesterday, he was uh, shot. And then a year ago tomorrow, he actually passed away um, in a hospital. But his mom just earlier this month uh, was able to file a lawsuit against the city Um and the two policemen who were responsible for shooting him. Um, And there are 10 other unnamed persons uh, in the lawsuit, which I found interesting because I'm not totally sure who they are. But basically, she's suing uh, the city and the police for uh, rushing into the situation um, because the the police knew 
Zachary Snow's mental health state. Uh, his mom called the police uh, to try to get support for him, basically like trying to save his life. Uh, and she's saying that they they rushed into the situation, um, which kind of caused him to get defensive and um, then they, they shot him. So yeah, it's a really, really tragic case. It's a really rough week a year ago uh, that we had in Boise with two shootings, two fatal shootings. Um, and the mall shooting is definitely, yeah, got a lot of attention for sure. Um, but I think Zachary Snow's case also deserves a good amount of attention because uh, the two officers responsible were placed on paid administrative leave and are, are back on the force now and have been for quite some time. So like, I just, isn't this like this situation, a situation like this, wasn't this the reason like Boise's behavioral health team was created? for these exact instances yeah. and they were not used in this situation from what I yeah, understand. Yeah, that's my understanding too. Um, and I want to clarify too, like those those police officers were put back on the force and um, an outside prosecuting attorney cleared them of all wrongdoing in this. So yeah, I, I don't really know what the deal is with the behavioral health team. Do you have any more information on that, Brian? No, I, I think we're still trying to get information on that. Morgan Romero, our investigative reporter, is digging into some of that still and has been following this case and trying to figure out, okay, where was the loss, the breakdown of communication when it comes to that? And we do know uh, that there was a miscommunication yes. from dispatch to the officers on scene saying that he was wanted for a felony mm -hmm. warrant when it actual, actually was a misdemeanor. Yes. So maybe there was a little bit of a heightened uh, mood at that point because of that information. I mean, that's hard to tell. You can't get into people's heads. But... That's kind of one of those situations where you think that behavioral health team was instituted for these reasons and for these situations. And there was something that wasn't working there. Yeah. And I mean, I personally, I hope that like uh, Zachary Snow's mom is able to like get some reparation for this. But at the same time, like the officers have already been cleared of any wrongdoing. So I don't know, you know, what the what the right. future of that lawsuit is going to look like. But yeah, pretty, pretty dark case there. Yeah, and I, I know they're not exactly the same, but the sort of stark contrast between this violent offender, Kyle Chapman, mm -hmm. uh, who's been convicted of several violent crimes, um, getting this plea deal that like erases, uh, you know, yeah. half of what he was charged with versus someone who was in a, you know, sincere mental health crisis uh, being shot because they pulled a Bluetooth speaker out of their pocket. Uh, I don't know. It's just kind of a stark contrast there for me. Yeah. Kyle Chapman has a long history of, of violent crime. Um, and I, I want to mention too, like the state of Texas could have charged um, Chapman for breaking his uh, probation by committing this crime back in November, but they just basically didn't because in Idaho, uh, battery against a healthcare worker is an assault, but or is a felony, but it's not in Texas. And so I think that might have been part of it. But yeah, just one more layer of like, I don't know, can we call it a lucky break? Or is it is it something that's a little bit more built in and then comparing it to, yeah, this case of Zachary Snow is, yeah, there's work to do for sure. Yeah, I guess that's a case of access, right? Yeah. What somebody like Kyle Chapman is available to acquire for himself when it comes to representation or whatever. He can afford that kind of stuff. So it's, yeah, you have to look at it that way too. Well, we're almost out of time. Uh, moving on to something a little lighter to, to end things up. Uh, what's pissing you off about Boise this week and what are you loving? Brian, you go first. Oh, uh, pissing me off about Boise this week. Um well, I guess on a personal note, I have to rake leaves uh, and it's it's getting rainy and stuff. And I don't <laughs> like doing that in the rain. That's that's what kind of is bugging me. Uh, other than that, I don't know. I haven't really had anything that's really like 
it's a good time of year. This is great. I mean, Halloween is my favorite holiday. Uh, Harrison Boulevard is going to be going again. It's it's just a fun time, I think, to be in in the city of trees with the colors, the leaves. Uh, the changing of the temperature, I love that, you know, being able to kind of layer up a bit and still get some sunshine. And then, of course, the early snow is is one of those things, if I'm going to switch gears to things I'm not hating, I'm liking the early snow that's up in the oh, mountains yeah, right now. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be good uh, for, hopefully, for the ski season. Yeah, I'm just going to hop in and say that's a bad take. Uh, I'm not happy about, <laughs> particularly <laughs> I'm not happy about the days getting shorter. Um, that just really is, is really getting to me this year. I feel like it happened really quickly. Um, and my, my brain is, my little brain is still catching up. Um, but that's, I guess that's not really Boise specific. Um, but things that I'm loving about Boise right now is that I think it's just kind of on the inverse of that is it's just like a really nice time to kind of hole up. I think we had really nice weather for quite a while and I am kind of leaning into like it being a little bit chillier. I, I do like the the chillier weather. And so, yeah, just kind of holding up this weekend, which will be fun. I'm one of those. It's like our days are a little too long sometimes in the summer. What? Like, let, <laughs> let's, we don't need sunsets at 10 o'clock at night. Let, there's no need for that. I have a product for you and it's called blackout curtains. <laughs> so you can make your days shorter and the rest of us can have our sun, sunlight. I like I like the long summer nights, uh, but definitely like r about right now where you have to get when you get up in the morning, it's still dark. It feels like no matter that what time me. you get up, it's still dark. And I'm like, I'm just a baby. I have to stay in bed. It's dark. What are we doing? <laughs> we can't live like this. Like that really gets to me. Uh, my pissing me off is and I'm going to say it and it might get us some angry voicemails, but I'm going to say it. There's no good barbecue in this town. Okay. There is no, people are like, oh, we have good barbecue. No, you just haven't been to the South. So you think we have good barbecue. But if you've been anywhere yeah. in uh, Louisiana or Texas or Mississippi, you're like, no, we don't. And I have, people are like, have you tried this? Yes, I've tried everything and it's fine. Okay, I'm not saying we have bad barbecue. It's fine. But there's yeah. no barbecue place that makes you just like, you know, float in there uh, like a cartoon with a scent in your nose. Like, uh, I wish we had good barbecue. So I'm mad about that. I'm mad there's no good barbecue. And then I'm loving, same as Brian, I'm loving the cold, like the cooler weather. And I'm mm. loving that there's some snow in the mountains. I can't wait. We're, we might go camping. I love winter camping, like fall winter camping. We might go camping this weekend up by Atlanta. And I can't wait to just get out and like ski and just enjoy. I The summer, I've all summer, I was like, oh, I feel like I'm like depressed or anxious or something. And then it was like, no, it's just 107. And you can't go outside. I'm a very outdoorsy yeah, exactly. person. Couldn't go outside all, all summer. And I'm just excited to like get out in the winter. Uh, I'm a winter girl now. I never was before, but apparently I'm a winter girl now. So, all right. Well, thank you both so much for being here. This was super fun. Blake and Brian, uh, where can where can people find you this week? What are you doing? Uh, you can find my Hey Boise newsletter uh, that I write every day. Um, you can just find that at CityCast Boise if you just Google that. Um, that's where I am every single day. Brian? Uh, you can find me on the 208 at KTBB and the 10 o'clock news as well every uh, Monday through Thursday. And probably this weekend, you'll find me out in the backyard cursing the leaves. So that's where I'll be. <laughs> Perfect. We'll look for you there. That's all for us here today on CityCast Boise. The show is produced by Evelyn Avitia and Jennifer Jarrett. Our newsletter writer is Blake Hunter. Frankie Barnhill is our lead producer, and I'm Emma Arnold, host of the show. Our music is by All the Kimonas, and Up is the Down is the. 
If you enjoyed your time with us today, leave us a review. It helps other people find us. We'll be back Monday with more from around the city. See you around, Boise! Yep, but Emma, have you tried the one up on by Capitol High School? It's uh, I can't the brother something I can't. Yeah, th- I'm sure you it's have. Fine. I it's, know it's good. It's fine, but it's not like you know. Sometimes you'll have like barbecue in like Louisiana or something where you're just like yeah. you have to like put your head down on the table and like weep a little because you're like incredible, <laughs> incredible. The this is art what you're doing here.